It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Oof. It was a it was a hot day, hot day on Cowboys Twitter today. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, so I'm excited. Yeah, lots of takes on Twitter, and the reason for those takes uh, are two big trades that happened in the NFC East, and we're going to talk about those in just a second. But coming up in today's show, we create five fake trades of players that we would consider if we were the Dallas Cowboys, uh, guys that might be actually on the market. Some of these guys may not be um, available at all. But five guys that fit the Cowboys and uh, that are realistic options. And, of course, we recap those trades. And let's go ahead and jump into that right now. The big trade of the day was the Eagles trading for Seattle Seahawks defensive end, defensive tackle Michael Bennett. Uh, They gave up, I believe it was a fourth, and a receiver, Marcus Johnson, for Michael Bennett and a seventh-round pick. Landon, what was your reaction to this trade for the Eagles? You know, I, I think that I, I obviously Michael Bennett is is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. I mean, I think you just can look at the pressure numbers, and, and that kind of bears that out. Um, I, I, I think, you know, clearly my my initial move was, oh, my God. I mean, I, I it just was shocked. As it should be. You know? As it should be. He's yeah, a good I mean, player. I mean, listen, he's a – yeah, there's, there's no way around that. Uh, you know, he's older, like, so he's definitely on, on the, the – the back end of his career. I, I'm not saying that he's, you know, falling off a cliff by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, th- this is clearly like we talked about this in, in the, uh, in you know, the pre-show, this is clearly a rental, you know, like this is not someone that uh, is necessarily, I think going to be their long-term plans just because I don't know that he has long-term plans in the NFL, but I don't know, you know, for sure. I just, so I, I think another thing that's interesting about it to me is that, 
you know, despite the initial panic to me uh, by everyone, and and I and like I said, I understand. Like, I mean, it's he's a good player, and they got him for almost nothing, frankly. Rental um, price, but, but yeah, but I, I I do have concerns about you know like the usage element of it because I think that you know as much as they're probably going to have to get rid of Vinny Curry now, um, who's and, a good player, Vinny. Yeah, but but they're also different players. Like so, so that's why I, I guess the the part that you know to me, the thing that makes Bennett so valuable is that he's an inside outside player. He plays outside on 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 the you know early downs, especially as, as a run defender, and then you know his you really as a pass rusher, his value is mostly inside. It's it's not you know I mean he you know can definitely provide something on the outside, but but that's not where you're getting the most out of Michael Bennett. And that, and I, I gotta say, like if you're paying what you're going to be paying Michael Bennett and you're trading for him, I kind of feel like that's gotta be the way that you should be planning on using him as well. So, um, I, I do wonder, you know, and, and, and I guess my point is, is that when you consider what the Eagles already have at, at defensive tackle with Jernigan and, and, um, and uh, Cox and all the money that they spent at the, there, it's like it, it, it. It's not that you would should necessarily count those guys as deep, count him as a defensive tackle and count all three of these guys as a defensive tackle. But but I do wonder if you're not getting the best usage of of. It, it makes me wonder if maybe like they shouldn't have gone for a more defensive end edge type guy as as opposed to an inside outside guy to kind of give them. I, I guess. For elite rushers, uh, you know, I, I think they kind of have to mix and match a little bit and use use them in rotation to get the full effectiveness out of it. And I guess that, that to me, that makes me one, you know, kind of scratch my head, especially when you consider all the money there and 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 the, you know, what what they had to get to get. Well, it. here's the so, thing: they, they have Derek Barnett on the roster who they drafted in the first round, anyways, and they want to get him more on the field. And they got Chris Long as their third defensive end. Um, so they're deep everywhere. That's the that's the truth of the matter. Yeah. They're deep everywhere. And if you're going to, like I keep saying on this podcast, if you're going to throw money and picks at a position, the one spot that I'm okay doing that is at the defensive line position because you can rotate those guys. You can keep them fresh. We know Rod Marinelli loves to do that in Dallas. Jim Schwartz in, in Philadelphia is going to do the same exact thing. So he's going to do his yeah, best I to guess- keep these guys fresh in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I guess my point is more just not that it isn't a good move because I think it is a good move. Uh, but I, I think that what it is is that I don't know how much, and I, I don't, <laughs> I mean this literally, not figuratively. I don't know how much it moves the. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that. I don't know how much this moved the needle. And I guess I, I what I'm saying is that I, I don't know, like from you know how much value they're they're getting by adding him versus what they paid for him. I, I know what value he has, but I but this is a team that already is well valued at the defensive line. So is all that they you know, when you're facing the Eagles, you're facing probably the best defensive line in football already. So it's like how much more you know, like how much better does he make them really? I guess and I and I guess we'll find out. So um but I mean, I, I think that it, you know it was a good move, especially for what they got him at, uh, and it looks like they basically stole him out from under the 
Patriots who had come in to make a, a, an even better deal last minute, but but uh, I guess the, the Seahawks for some reason decided to, to uh, uh, go with Philly instead. Uh, Malcolm Butler is still haunting the Seahawks. They, that's the, it's a pride thing, but that's all right. Um, the other trade that happened in the NFC East uh, is one that we don't really agree with. Well, actually, I dis- I take it back. We love this trade for the Giants in the sense that we don't think it's very good. Uh, the Giants traded for linebacker Alec Ogletree. Um, they traded, I believe it was a, a two 2018 picks. I think it was a fourth and sixth round pick. Um, Alex Ogletree last year signed a four-year, $40 million extension, and the Giants will God be taking damn. on yeah, the Giants will be taking on that salary. Um, aside from taking on that salary, they are also taking on a player who is not very good. Uh, give us your thoughts on <laughs> Alex Ogletree. I mean, don't, didn't they already have B.J. Goodson on the roster? <laughs> like, I mean, it's like... I don't know. It's so funny to me because I distinctly remember when we played Los Angeles and you and I did the pregame for it that we talked about attacking uh, Ogletree specifically yeah, absolutely. on that defense. And 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 I just they did, and that's exactly what and happened. They did, and 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 they you know you know what they scored some points in that game if you remember. Like I can remember they threw a but, swing pass to Ezekiel Elliott on the side. And, and Ogletree like tried to play two hand touch with Zeke, and Zeke just ran to the pylon and scored. Um, Ogletree's still chasing him. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah. So, uh, look, I, I, I mean, I can't believe this one. I mean, this one actually made me feel better about the other one. Yeah, exactly. Well, at least you know, at least the Giants are still the Giants. Um, yeah, I you know I listen. I'm not a fan of this. Clearly, I mean, I think the money is ridiculous. What they traded to get him was uh, was obviously more than I would pay. Um, you know, clearly they have made mistakes in the past by not valuing the linebacker position at all. Sure. And I don't know that this is going the right way, guys. Like, <laughs> like overspending on bad, uh, uh, you know, bad linebackers is not. Very much better than under drafting bad linebackers. Well, let, so. let's let's take a Gettleman though. His his past in Carolina, they paid Thomas Davis, they drafted yeah. Luke Keekley, they drafted Shaq Thompson. They're okay throwing resources at that position, and I think that's going to change here pretty soon for the Giants. They're going to continue to throw money at that linebacker spot. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm assuming that what happened is that they looked at the, uh, you know, they looked at the 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 draft and they looked at what was available at linebacker. Um, and then, you know, they looked at free agency and they just decided that, uh, you know, that they just needed to throw some draft picks for the, for the, uh, you know, honor of being able to pay Alec Ogletree a whole bunch of money. Um, I, I don't I mean, look, I just, it's not my cup of tea. I, I would have probably just gone to get Hitchens or, <laughs> Uh, or exactly. uh, what, what's what's his name from uh, from the Eagles uh, uh, that I, I'm just blanking on? Um, Is it Jordan Hicks? It, no, the other one, uh, uh, Nigel Bradham. Nigel Bradham, yeah, he's I may probably would have gone. I, I would preferred him. I, I, I especially for what you could get him at. I just I think this seems this seems like a bad uh, use of 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 resources, especially for a team that that like really needs to be using these draft picks. Well, hey, Dave Gettleman, keep it up. You're doing a great job in New York. Um, let's go ahead and move on to some guys that we would like to see the Cowboys maybe trade for or at least entertain some offers for. Um, let's go ahead and start with the one that's mentioned all over Twitter 
every single day since the what, week 16 game against the Seahawks, and that is Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas turns 29 years old. Uh, right before we jumped on the podcast, uh, NFL Network's Mike Silver said that Earl Thomas is open to being shopped. The Seahawks would like to get um, a day two pick out of him. What would you trade for Earl Thomas, and does that make sense for the Cowboys? Uh, this is tough, you know, because I've been trying to quantify it for a while, and um, and I and I think that I, I've gotten to the point now where I kind of feel like I need to be asked, you know, like I need to be asked this question, like what 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 are you willing to pay for for uh, Earl Thomas? Because everyone's just like, you know, I, I hear people talking like, you know, I I throw a three for Earl Thomas. No, 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 no. And, and I look at that and I laugh. Like, yeah, I'd throw a three at Earl Thomas. Are you kidding? All right, then let me give you the scenario. Let, let me give you a, a realistic comp, and you tell me okay. whether you'd accept yep. this. All right. Seattle comes to you and asks for your second and third, and they'll throw back a fourth. Would you do that? Yes. Okay. What if well, they don't? Here's the thing, though. I would, I, I would counter my first. And just say I'd I'd rather keep my second and third. Really? And I'll take that I'll take that fourth still. See, I think you can get more value if you keep the first and then move back. I think you could pick up uh, a third without having to you know move down too much. I, I think you could replace that value pretty easily. Yeah, but you just think you can do that. You don't know. And I and I know that if I have those sec- see that's the thing is that the the pick in those three where I'm worried about my value the most is the first pick not the second and third. And that's fine. Um, what in if- this in this but but in this draft you know what I'm saying like again this is kind of like the kind of thing we had a discussion on Twitter earlier where I'm t- I'm I'm taking this in the context of the draft that we are in. You know what I'm saying? Like I wouldn't universally maybe trade a first round pick for Earl Thomas at this point. I I don't know, but I know that w- I would pay. I would trade my current first round pick. Uh, I think for for Earl Thomas, if uh, I think I would, yeah. All right, let's move on to another safety, uh, one who has been rumored to maybe be on the move, and that is Tyron Matthew of the Cardinals. Uh, they have an interesting decision to make here in the next couple days, whether to pick up his option. Um, I believe his cap number jumps up to $14 million this year if they pick up his option. But this could be a situation where they keep him and then try to move him uh, and try to get something back for him. Right now he is the highest paid safety in the league. But is Tyron Matthew a guy that makes sense in this Chris Richard defense? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think that if you're talking about, um, you know, personnel-wise, for sure. I mean, I think he can play sort of a a similar role as Earl Thomas. I mean, I think they kind of played him in in, in more of a box role there, but I definitely think he can play, um, you know, back end and do do all the things that he can. He has the the requisite athleticism to do that. Um, I you know, I think that you probably have to trade for him and then re-sign him, right? Like just to kind of get the number sure. to where you'd want it to be. Um, but I, I mean, again, like I think the reason I, I'm, I'm into this and the reason I think, you know, it, it's, it's something that I'd be willing to, you know, give picks up for is because it's just a rare position where you can get a guy like this who can do that, those sort of things. He's a rare player. Uh, 
he's a rare player, and just like you know, Earl Thomas is very rare, and and you know, I think the opportunities to get your hands on a guy like this are are, are very you know is very few and far between. So, uh, I, I think that it's the kind of thing that could change your defense, and I think you've got the kind of guy uh, in Richard who knows how to make the most out of this. So, uh, to me, I, I just feel like it's one of those things that. You gotta see what the you gotta see what the price is. My guess it would be and, lower though, because this is probably if the Cardinals oh yeah, are gonna try to dump Thomas, his contract, you're probably not giving up a second or third round pick for this guy. No, no, but I mean, look, I mean, if if, if I'm if I'm trading a fourth round pick for this, I'm I'm in on it, right? Like, don't you think? Like, I mean, if that's what if that's what the cost is, I mean, I'm in on I think on a third round pick. Like, I, I, I mean, I, as long as I have, as long as I feel confident that I can. Re-sign, but I mean, I think the caveat here is that I that I could re-sign him. You know, that 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 he would be that we'd have worked out a deal to to re-sign him to lower that initial number or at least spread the cash out or something. But I just, I, I mean, I think yeah, I think I'd do that. Yeah, for me, if I don't have to give up a day one or day two pick to get Tyron Matthew. I'm in, and I don't even care about the contract because I think he's that rare of a player. Uh, I'm okay taking on that contract because you just don't have another player like that on your defense. You don't have a guy that can create consistent turnovers and big plays, and they haven't had one in some time. So if I'm getting a 20, what is he, he's 25 years old, a 25-year-old safety um, that can transform my defense and I'm not spending a top 100 pick on that player, yeah, absolutely. I, I have no problems doing that. Um, let's go ahead and move to offense for a second. Uh, the Cowboys are in need of a swing tackle. Uh, they need somebody to back up Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins. Maybe that's Chaz Green, but he is entering the final year of his deal. Two guys that could make sense are uh, Bengal players uh, Jake Fisher and Cedric Obwey. Uh, maybe one of those guys comes over from Paul Alexander, their new offensive line coach. Maybe he likes one of those guys. Are you interested in either Fisher or Boy? I I think I think so. I I think you know. I mean I I know that they have had a lot of issues um, with both of them in Cincinnati. Um, I, but I also think that a boy he's especially it feels like. Yeah. Like it feels like he needs a change of of scenery, you know. I, I just think he got off on the wrong foot. Say, you know, pardon the the pun if if it was his foot. Well, I can't remember what his initial injury was that he that really set him back coming into the league. I thought it was his knee but, that he missed all his first year. It, it was one of those things where they drafted him knowing that he was going to miss his entire rookie season. Yeah, that's what it was. So I, I mean, I think you know, I just feel like. He he's a guy that you know probably could use a change of scenery. Now, I mean, uh, how much of a change of scenery is it if he's going to his same offensive line coach? I don't know, but um, he's from Texas. I, you know, look, I mean, so maybe coming back home Texas. helps. Yeah, and and and, I, and the other thing about it too is that I think that he, uh, you know, I think that playing the swing tackle, you know, it's it's a little bit less of immediate pressure to kind of get on the field and perform. It might give him a little more time. To kind of you know further work and continue his technique and, and kind of get more confidence back before uh, you know being thrown into the the, the fire, uh, you know look here's the thing and this is not going to be a popular opinion, um, but I, I'm also not giving up on Chaz Green yet. Good, 
as a tackle. Because, um, you know, look, look, the decision... I had problems with the t- with the issue with the, with moving to Collins to right tackle because of not because of Collins uh, and his move to right tackle, but because of everything else around it that, that was the problematic to me, including the way that you know they moved uh, Green inside. I I thought he might be, be able to switch inside. Um, clearly, you know his injuries in, in preseason kind of derailed that, and then so by the time that he was asked to play tackle again, I feel like you know it was. He was way, you know a long time away from really focusing on his technique, especially playing on the on the left side and 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 playing tackle. I I think that it, you know I'm not trying to make excuses for him. I'm just also not ready to throw the guy away because I've seen him do it before. I've I've seen just I've got just as much tape of him doing it correctly, if not more, than him doing it poorly. So it's just that I have recent tape of him doing it poorly. So I'm not completely giving up on him yet. And to me, the reason I'm bringing that up is because, to me, that's going to factor in how much I'm really willing to pay in a trade situation to get a different guy, to get another guy. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say this really quick about a boy. Him and Chaz Green are both entering the final year of their contract, and maybe at this point you'd rather just see what Chaz Green has. Um, if, you know, maybe Paul Alexander looks at the tape and thinks this isn't one of his guys, uh, maybe that's when they make the move for a boy. But that's just an inter- interesting guy to keep an eye on. The Bengals have a little Can bit I give of a, depth. Yeah, go ahead. I want to give a coaching note because I haven't had a chance to share this thought in the podcast form yet. But I actually think so one of the things that Anderson teaches is that he uh, he doesn't believe in having the uh, offensive tackles hands up. He he prefers to have the offensive hands uh, offensive lineman's hands down in uh, pass protection. Hmm. And the reason he does that is because he he thinks that the motion of getting the act of getting his hands having to bring your hands up prevents the offensive line from lunging too much. He thinks that that extra step of the process of getting the hands up is and that motion of continuing getting that hands up is part of an important motion of getting your hands properly timed onto the defender. And if you look at what's going on with Chaz Green in that game, he can't get his hands on Adrian Claiborne. Right. He's not he's is is the timing, he's lunging, he's just his his technique is not there at all. So I just wanted to point this out that 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 specifically a technique that Anderson is known for employing might be a solution for a specific uh, problem that Chaz Green was having that he I mean he couldn't fix in the game. He just couldn't fix it and Claiborne just abused sure. him over and over the same time over and over. No, that's a really fair point. So I'm going to be interested to see how they handle that swing tackle. Um, you know, we hear a lot about them maybe addressing that in the draft and, you know, Chaz Green is going to be a free agent after the year, so maybe they need to get another guy in here, but I am interested to see what happens with Chaz Green this offseason. Uh, one more offensive guy that I'm at least interested in. I, I know you don't you might feel a little bit differently is Kenny Stills of the Dolphins. The Dolphins franchised Jarvis Landry, and it sounds like he's going to stick and play on that franchise tag, and they want to work towards a long-term deal. They already have Devontae Parker on the roster, who is an outside receiver. Uh, They drafted Jakeem Grant last year, and they want to get him more snaps. They have Laurente Carew, who they drafted in the third round a couple years ago. Um, I think Stills is the guy that's maybe making a little bit too much money for them, considering how much cap trouble they are in. Um, I think Stills would be perfect for 
this offense. Assuming they keep Des Bryant, uh, Stills would be a guy that could make plays down the field. He also has that quickness to win on the short to intermediate routes. I think he would be a fantastic fit with Des uh, with and with Dak. Um, it's another guy where he's not getting paid a ton. He's going to be making less than $8 million uh, for each of the, the next three years, and that's that's decent number two money in the NFL, and he's absolutely a number two receiver. Uh, maybe if you can trade him for a fourth or fifth round pick, I would be on board with moving to get a veteran receiver because the Cowboys need help at receiver right away. Are you okay with Stills or the thought of the Cowboys moving for a uh, veteran receiver? Uh, I mean, I think that you know, adding an Oklahoma guy to the uh, wide receiver room would be absolute bedlam. But uh, I, I, <laughs> thank okay. you, thank that. you. I'll be here all week, folks. Thank you very much. Uh, <clears throat> no, no. Um, I, I think that I think you're right. I think initially when you approached me about the idea of trading for wide receiver, it's kind of hard to palette that because you don't really know what's going on with Dez or what the situation is. Or, but I think that you're right in saying that. Uh, you know, Kenny Stills could provide uh, you know, a, a real service as a Z receiver in the same way that we talked about, you know, some of these other guys in the draft that, that kind of just fit the profile really well. Um, so I think that if you were wanting to, to, you know, trade a fourth rounder to get Kenny Stills, if that was possible, I think that that's something that they should definitely look into, even with uh, T. Will's contract the way it is. I mean, I think there's nothing they can do about T- Terrence Williams' contract at this point. So, um, if if they're gonna make uh, a play on a, another wide receiver, they're gonna need to be okay with the fact that they're paying a lot of money uh, to uh, to um, you know to the wide receiver position. Um, so I, I think that you know I don't say not saying I'm necessarily against it because I mean I I get it, but um, and and you know again uh, the money for this all will might look a lot better next year, you know so. Uh, but I, I think that the the you know as far as the fit and and for what we're looking for and you know their willingness to probably part with someone like Kenny Stills uh, because of the way they're you know locked up in some places um, I, I I think that this isn't an unrealistic thing and I and I think that uh, a fourth round pick is a is a good price for a guy like that and I think he could definitely you know provide you with something even you know. I, I think he's also the type of guy that you could put in this wide receiver core and still get good production from all these guys, yes. you know, because he does something different than the rest of these guys in a way that, you know, uh, that Butler didn't, didn't really, I mean, he kind of did with being a little bit of a deep threat, but I, I think this guy, Kenny Stills can really get behind defenses uh, and, and, and uh, is, you know, more of that traditional Z receiver than, than really even Terrence Williams is. And let me make a real quick point. If they decide to, you know, maybe Dez comes in and says he'll cut his salary in half to stay in the roster, you're not going to get a better receiver in free agency with that cap savings. You know, maybe you save six to seven million. You're not going to get a guy like him in free agency. I would rather trade the pick, get a proven guy in here. Um, and then you can even rotate Terrence Williams and Kenny still snaps on the outside. Maybe you use, um, you use Williams more on the obvious running downs, first down, ten. Well, well, here's the here's the other thing too. If you get Stills, you know, you realistically could cut Beasley, yeah, and absolutely. save some money there, and, and then you could use Stills in the slot uh, as you know up until you get uh, uh, Spitzer. 
Oh my God! Switzer are up to speed, you know. Sure. And I think that that's. I think that you. And then I think it's also very likely that you could start just you know using more five wide receiver packages. So I, I think that you know I, I I think that that's these are all options. And Stills is the kind of guy that you can kind of plug in in a couple of these different spots, including outside, and uh, and you know I think that I think that. This this could be a fit. The, the question is, you know, does the money work? I mean, can does I guess you know, if you're willing to cut Beasley, uh, which saves you about three and a half million. Yeah, I mean, I think that definitely makes it a lot more palatable. Yeah, so let's say they do they cut Beasley and they shave off a little bit of Dez's contract. You probably pay for the player and Kenny Stills right there. So I, I'm perfectly fine with that. The last one I want to mention to you is maybe my favorite of the five that we're going to talk about. The Cowboys have a hole at one technique. Um, and this is a deep draft. But one guy that I like a lot that I think could be available because we have seen this team move veterans before, and that's Brandon Williams of the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens have a ton of depth at their defensive tackle spot. Uh, they have guys like Chris Wormley, Carl Davis, uh, Willie Henry, um, and, and a, a couple others that have played well for them. Brandon Williams is 29 years old. He signed a contract extension two years ago. Maybe this is a guy that they want to move on out for for their younger players. Do you think Brandon Williams would be a fit in this defense? You know, I, I don't know. You know, I think that I think theoretically, is for what he does, I think he would be. But I just don't know that he necessarily is the kind of one technique that um, you know. I mean, obviously, they don't value as far as investment wise. They don't value the position very much. So, I mean, but I, I think that they also have to realize that at some point they need to get better production than what they've been getting from the position. So, um, I guess where does that where does the rubber meet the road on that? You know, I mean, can, is, are they willing to to trade? I mean, I think Brandon Williams made if I, I we looked it up and I think he's making something like seven like seven hundred seven fifty thousand dollars this year or something, and and so like you know that's a pretty good deal. And if you're willing to trade, uh, you know, a, a lower round pick to get that and 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 to get a guy who could come in here and at the very least be an extremely productive. Uh, as I mean, maybe not stat wise, but as on the field wise, you know, uh, nose tackle, double team eater. Um, you know, I I just my question is, and I haven't watched a ton of Brandon Williams, so I, I don't want to like claim to be uh, an expert on him. But I guess my question is like, how much would that provide you as a pass rusher? Because I think, you know, I, I think that that's going to really factor into obviously because they basically told us as much. That's really going to factor in, um, like. How much they'd be willing to tr- to pay to trade for him? Yeah, I just listen. If you're going to make trades, and if you're going to want to make these fake trades like we are doing today, you want to go to teams that have a a girth of talent at a certain position. Um, teams aren't going to trade away starters without backup plans in place. Even Seattle today, when they made the move uh, to trade Michael Bennett, they have Dion Jordan on the roster who they really like, who started to play well for them last year. So, when you got to make sure you find teams that have. Uh, multiple guys that can start and play right away. Brandon Williams is just an interesting guy to keep an eye on. We saw them last year. Move on from Timmy Jernigan to save some cap space. That's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, make sure you guys download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow Landon at McCoolBTB. 
I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will be back next week to get ready for free agency. Uh, We will see you guys then. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.